Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast this morning with your host, Jen. And guess what? I am not drinking coffee this morning. I have tea right here with me, which is extremely absurd for me. (laughs) Very out of character. Usually I have a nice hot cup of coffee next to me as I record, but I ran out of coffee and I have learned that um, it's not necessarily the the flavor of the coffee that I'm addicted to, though I kind of am because I can tell you that this tea is not really satisfying me very much, but it's not necessarily the coffee. It's actually the motion of having like a cup in my hands. And I have learned that I really do enjoy having a beverage next to me a lot. I like having like a bottle of water at night. Sometimes I'll have a glass of wine. In the morning, I'll have a cup of coffee. I just like having the beverage. (laughs) (laughs) to like play with and hold and drink out of whatever. But anyway, yes, I have my tea this morning and it's not as satisfying as coffee. For those of you who are tea drinkers, truly, I I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. Coffee is just, it's so good. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make fun of tea drinkers anymore. But um, anyway, we are going to be reading Mark chapter 8 today, verses 10 through 21. Grab your Bible and your cup of tea. And let's go ahead and read. Immediately he entered into the boat with his disciples and came into the region of Dalmanatha. The Pharisees came out and began to question him, seeking from him a sign from heaven and testing him. He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Most certainly I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. He left them and again, entering into a boat, departed to the other side. They forgot to take bread, and they didn't have more than one loaf in the boat with them. He warned them, saying, Take heed, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of the yeast of Herod. They reasoned with one another, saying, It's because we have no bread. Jesus, perceiving it, said to them, Why do you reason that it's because you have no bread? Don't you perceive yet, neither understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, don't you see? Having ears, don't you hear? Don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves among the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They told him twelve. And when the seven loaves fed the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They told him seven. He asked them, don't you understand yet? So right after Jesus finishes doing the miracle with the four thousand people, which was a huge miracle, right? Like, I mean... We would be dumbfounded if a miracle like that happened nowadays. I mean, we wouldn't even know what to do. Like, that would be a miracle sent straight from God in our opinions, right? So it says that right after Jesus finished doing this miracle with the 4,000 people and feeding all of them with only seven loaves of bread, it says that he immediately entered into a boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha, Dalmanutha. And so after he gets there, all these Pharisees come over and they start harassing him. And so it literally says they come out and begin to question him, seeking from him a sign from heaven and testing him. 
So the word testing here could actually be more like tempting him. And it's, I believe it's the same word used when Jesus went out into the desert and was tempted by Satan. So these Pharisees are out here tempting Jesus, trying to get him to do this miraculous sign from heaven. Now, here's the thing, though. Jesus did so many miraculous signs from heaven that... Uh, He is probably just so irritated by this point. But the Pharisees are not looking for any of those little miracles that Jesus did. They want something grand and glorious. They want like fire to appear out of heaven or like lightning or I, I don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for something that's just absolutely ridiculous. And they're trying to tempt Jesus to do this big show for them and prove how Messiah like he is because they don't believe he's the Messiah. But here's the thing. Jesus gets angry at them. It says in verse 12, he sighs deeply in his spirit. (laughs) So he's really, really irritated with them because he's probably like, you guys, have you not seen all these other miracles that I'm doing? I just fed 4,000 people with nothing. I just fed 5,000 people with nothing a few months back. I have done so many miracles. I've shown you guys miracle after miracle after miracle, and they're still choosing not to believe. And so he's angry and upset with these Pharisees because they're not only insulting Jesus's miracles, saying like, oh, those aren't good enough for us. Those are too little. We want something bigger and better. They're not only insulting Jesus, but they're forgetting that he's done all these fantastic miracles. And on top of this, they are denying that he's the Messiah by asking him to do this incredible miracle from uh, heaven, basically. And by the way, I want to mention that a few um, episodes back, I said the word um, Jesus did an incredulous miracle. And I just want to throw it out that that is not the right word. (laughs) My husband actually noticed that. He's like, you said incredulous. He's like, do you know what incredulous means? And I'm like, yeah, it means underhanded. And so I definitely said that Jesus did an incredulous miracle when in actuality it was supposed to be Jesus did an incredible miracle. But anyway, that was just a side note. And fun fact, I almost just said it again when I <laughs> when I said that Jesus did all those incredible miracles. I almost said incredulous miracles. Okay, anyway, Jesus did a bunch of incredible miracles that these Pharisees are forgetting. And I forget what my point was with that. Um, Okay, the Pharisees are denying that Jesus is the Messiah during all of this. They are saying, nah, you're not the Messiah. You're not doing good enough miracles for us. So they're denying Jesus. They're making, I'm sure there's a crowd of people around at this point. They're making the people in the crowd doubt Jesus. I mean, let's not even forget about that. It's not even the the Pharisees themselves that don't believe. They're causing the people to go astray as well. So Jesus is so frustrated with them and so irritated and so angry. It says that he sighs deeply. And then he says, why does this generation seek a sign? Most certainly I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And I believe when Jesus says the word sign, he's talking about like this, this fantastic uh, sign from heaven, which is funny because he did give his disciples a sign with the transfiguration on top of the mountain. And he told them, don't tell anybody about that. So this word here, this generation, that word could actually mean this race of people or um, this this people, basically. So it doesn't necessarily mean this generation but uh, it could be translated as this people. So Jesus is like, why does this people, why do these people seek a sign? Most certainly I tell you, no sign will be given to these people. So then after this, he leaves them 
And he enters back into the boat and departs over to wherever the next place is. And so the disciples, they forgot to take all his bread. And so they didn't have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And so they were really, really frustrated probably because they had no bread. They're probably like, oh man, we forgot to take bread. Well, how could we forget to eat? You know, and they're probably getting kind of hungry. So then Jesus, who I am sure wasn't any at any point thinking about bread, like physical bread during this, he says to them, he's like, he warns them, he says, take heed, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. So Jesus is probably still reminiscing about everything that went on with the Pharisees and how they were asking for a sign. And he was so irritated. He probably wasn't even remotely thinking about a loaf of bread. But the disciples, that's where their mind was. And they believed that Jesus was talking about physical bread when he says the leaven. So the leaven, it's a it's like a yeast, basically. I don't know if you guys make dough. Recently, I've been on a pizza making kick because I found like a really easy dough recipe. And uh, by the way, those pizzas are fantastic. And um, I've been learning about making dough and you have to make the yeast sit in a bowl of warm water to make sure that it like, I don't know, activates or whatever. And then you stick it in the dough and you do the rest of the process after that. But like the yeast itself, it like makes the dough puff up, right? And that was the point of leaven or yeast. Now, back in Jesus's days, leaven often signified the concept of sin or pride. And uh, an old-fashioned word for pride was actually puffed up. Like if you read the King James Version and stuff like that, often the word pride is translated as puffed up, which, um, <laughs> I mean, to this day, that kind of makes sense because we often like say that prideful people have like a big head, you know, they got a puffy head. I guess. But anyway, so when Jesus is talking about the leaven of the Pharisees, he was signifying like their sin, if that makes sense. He was trying to talk to the disciples about their sin and leaven back in Jesus's day could be interchanged out for the word sin, by the way. Sometimes a Jew would actually interchange the word sin with leaven and vice versa, because leaven in the Old Testament often demonstrated the concept of sin. So Jesus talks about the the sin of the Pharisees here and the sin of Herod as well, Herod the king. And so he says, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. Okay, now the disciples, they hear the word yeast, which they're not thinking about the term sin or anything spiritual like that, but they're thinking, you know, about bread because they were probably hungry and they had no food. So they hear the word yeast, they immediately connect it to bread and they're like, oh, we don't have any bread. <laughs> That's what they say here in verse 16. They're like, they reasoned with one another saying, it's because we have no bread. Jesus is yelling at us. And so Jesus perceives it and says to them, why do you think it's because you have no bread? Don't you perceive or understand? Is your heart still hardened? So he knew their, their hearts were hardened. We actually talked about that with the original feeding of the 5,000. The disciples actually had a hard heart because of it. Uh, and a hard heart typically means like an unyielding heart, you know, um, one that is sometimes prideful. It's possible that the disciples got prideful because of this miracle that Jesus was performing for the people. Who knows? But they had a hard heart after the original feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus is asking, do you still have a hard heart after this last miracle that I did with the feeding of the 4,000? And he's like, don't you guys understand yet? And he says here, how many baskets after the feeding of the 5,000 did you guys uh, take up basically and, and they say well we had 12 baskets and so then he's like well how many 
baskets did you take up after the 4,000 people? And they say, seven. And then Jesus ends it by saying, don't you understand yet? And I think this is like a call to action for his disciples because he's, he's showing them like, look, don't be like these Pharisees who can't see the wonder in these fantastic miracles that I'm doing, like with the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. Because the Pharisees believed that they need to have like a huge sign from heaven come down and strike them. I don't know what they were looking for, but they didn't like those miracles that Jesus was doing. They weren't good enough. And Jesus is saying, don't be like them. This has nothing to do with physical bread. This has everything to do with the miracles that I am performing. And then he says, don't be like Herod. He's telling his disciples not to be like Herod because Herod believed that the coming of the Messiah was going to be like a political thing, which is what many, many people believed back in Jesus's day, that the coming of the Messiah was going to free them from the Romans and uh, give them like liberty, basically. So Herod was looking for the Messiah in a very, um, you know, humanistic kind of way where it was only going to be like a governing, you know, entity. And so he's saying, don't be like the Pharisees who want this like prideful show from heaven. And don't be like Herod who wants this like complete control and wants the Romans gone, basically. And so that's why he says at the very end here, do you not understand yet that my coming has nothing to do with either of those things? And also the miracles that I'm performing are in fact from heaven. And he's basically telling them like, look, you don't need to have bread with you in order for you to get fed because I just fed tons of multitudes of people. And so he's basically saying to his disciples, don't you realize yet that I am the Messiah? So friends, for those of you who often read my blog posts on the website, I am sorry that I haven't been updating them recently. And in the near future, I probably will not be updating them very often, maybe once in a while. But getting a blog post done every single week with everything else that I have to do um, is just it's too much. So I've been cutting back on the blog posts, but I am absolutely still taking um, submissions. So for those of you who are writers or know somebody that is a Christian writer, I would love for you guys to submit a um, blog post for me. And it's possible that I will feature it if it fits the requirements and the beliefs of P40 Ministries. So if you have a submission like that, if you are a writer and you would like to uh, possibly submit something to the P40 Ministries, uh, website, please do that. I will drop a link to where you can do that and to where the rules are um, if you choose to write a blog post. So I will drop that in the bio of this podcast episode in the show notes. But friends, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to the website uh, to keep updated with everything going on here. You know, I do a lot more than just the podcast. I have quite a lot going on. So if you're interested in more content, please go to the website, search it, look at it. You know, it's brand new. It's updated. I would love for you guys to uh, tell me what you think or if you have any ideas or concerns or anything at all, just please contact me and take a look at the website as well. But friends, I've got nothing else to say on that note except happy listening and God bless.